0: Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Hello, this is Susan, Inside Yorkshire, and I'm sitting here with Ben Dave, who is a marathon runner extraordinaire. Hi there, Ben. Hello. (laughs) Ben's just returned this weekend on Saturday, wasn't it, from running, circumnavigating basically... York, Yorkshire, mm-hmm. haven't you, all yeah. the way round. You started off on Yorkshire Day.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And arrived back on the, what day was it, the 18th. Yeah. so 18 days. So it's for almost 500 miles. In fact, I think I read from some of the detours that you had to do at different times that you've probably done slightly over 500. Yeah, it was
1: just shy. The count, official sort of last count was 495.6. So I kind of wish I'd have found another four miles from somewhere. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it must have been quite a task, that, really.
1: Mm, Yeah, it was a a definite challenge, yeah.
0: Mm, In fact, you're looking remarkably fit, considering I thought you might be down on your knees by now. (laughs) Right, can you give me a little bit of the background then? How long have you actually been running? How long have you been a keen runner? Um, Not that long, really, in the grand scheme of things.
1: About maybe three or four years. Um, I'm trying to remember, I think 2016, I did the London Marathon. That was my first sort of proper... Run, if you like. Um, And then I sort of went away from it again and then came back, sort of thought, 2017. And uh, that's when I started taking it a bit more seriously and did, done eight marathons now. So then this was like, I wanted to do something a little bit bigger and a little bit more of a challenge than a marathon. (laughs) 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 And that's uh, that's where the idea came from, initially.
0: So you went from doing maybe several marathons in the year to all of a sudden doing basically almost a marathon a day wasn't it
1: yeah it was actually the, the plan was originally to run a marathon a day and mm. uh, I mean which which actually isn't as much as a challenge as it might initially sound so when you're running a marathon like a road marathon race obviously the you you well, it's a race so you, you're mm. trying to get on as quickly as possible whereas all I, I, I wanted to do was cover that amount of distance in a day and I had nothing else to do so you know it was kind of like Take your foot off the gas a little bit and just sort of cruise around. So, I knew it was certainly achievable from looking at what other people have done, like sort of big ultra runs. Um, but it didn't really we didn't really work out like that. So some some days were longer. I think my longest day was about thirty-seven miles, and my shortest day was the penultimate day, which just ended up being thirteen miles because I'd put an extra mileage in the day before. So.
0: Right, and the um, the actual terrain, I think. Must have been a bit of a killer because it can't have been floss all the way.
1: No, I mean, that to be honest was the thing that I probably underestimated the re- mm. most. It was the variety of the terrains. So there's, I went f- through the Dales and mm. down through the Peak District. So the elevation was something like 40,000 feet worth of elevation, which is, I mean, Everest is 28,000 feet. So there's a lot of hills. um But the difficult thing was just the sheer variety of the terrain. So I was trying to stick to the border as close as possible all the way around. So obviously there's not always paths and roads that run along the border. So when we got up into the Dales, uh, it was a case of just following the border fences and they just run as a crow flies, you know, across gorges and through bogs and uh, across sort of marshland and stuff like that. So it's not a sort of natural way to... Travel, you know, you wouldn't. Sure. You, you, it, was, it was it was a bit unusual in that respect. So, yeah, those days were really, really tricky. Really
0: tricky. And were you running? I mean, I know you've had a lot of people join you through the run and running sections with you. Mm. Were there sections when you were completely on your own, or have you always had someone with you? um I'd say it was probably
1: about a fifty-fifty split, mm. um and obviously, the, the really tricky bits were the, <laughs> the bits where no one did turn up to run with me. <laughs> so, the most difficult day was. Um, Tannehill to Wernside, yeah. So Mm. Hill, if you've not heard of it, is the highest pub in in, in England. And Wernside is the tallest mountain in Yorkshire. Um, And that was the first day where I didn't have any sort of paths to follow or anything. Uh, So we set off out the pub, ran about 200 metres up the road to the border fence and then turned left and just followed that. And it just kept going and going and going. And after a couple of miles, I sort of came across my first bog, and then you sort of quickly learn about the different grasses and the different reeds and where you can put your feet and where you can't. Mm. Um, so the first the first issue I had was just getting myself navigating around these bogs because some of them are massive, you know yeah. and uh, made, made progress really slow. But then as I got higher, the hill fog came in the visibility was reduced to like a couple of meters, and which made obviously navigating around these bogs.
0: And you were on yeah, your own possibly. at that point.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The safety factor would concern me. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was definitely
1: dangerous. I, the, the, I was making good pace running down this hill, and I just ran into a bog, and it came up to about my thigh, and I thought I was stuck. You know, I thought, mm. dark, but obviously I had to get out, so I was on, I was on my own, and luckily I did do. Um, but yeah, that that was the first time where you know, it definitely felt dangerous. It felt like a real adventure. I ended up doing. 32 miles that day, hell of a lot of elevation. And uh, arrived at a bunk bar on the other side of Wernside at about half past nine at night, absolutely knackered. Oh. So, yeah. A...
0: Did, did you have a later start the next morning?
1: Um, unfortunately not, no. And the route was stopped our side of the uh, of Wernside, um, but the accommodation for that evening was just on the other side, but the route went off the back of Wernside. So the first thing the next morning, we had to go right up back to the top of Wernside and then oh drop no. down off the other side. Oh, no. So we actually <laughs> summited Wernside twice, which is good.
0: <laughs> Does that not add on to the distance then?
1: Yeah, it did, but to be fair, it's not so far. It's about a mile, about a mile and a half, I think, from the top to
0: the right, bottom. Right,
1: sure. so, Yeah, probably had another mile or two.
0: I understand you carried a tent with you that was for times when you didn't have accommodation arranged
1: yeah so I had a I had a pack on my back and I carried that all the way around um uh, which contained like spare clothing uh, food uh, like sports nutrition water tent um I did set off with like cooking equipment and water filtration and stuff like that but after two days my back was absolutely shot so we, we sort of stripped the pack right down to just absolute bare essentials really.
0: Right. Yep, well, yes, you don't want to be carrying anything that you don't have to, do no. you, in that situation? No. no. And I imagine, I mean, I did, did um, read that you'd lost weight, but mm. not as much as I would have expected you to lose, considering the distance you've run. You must have had to yeah. eat, eat quite a lot just to keep yourself going.
1: I was an e- eating a, an incredible amount of food. Yeah, my, I wore a running watch that told me I was burning about 5,000 calories That's just through the running. So, just my body keeping itself alive the rest of the time I was probably doing about six six thousand calories a day. Mm. so I was getting up and eating like a full fry up most mornings um and then we were stopping at pubs. So I was having like a full burger and chips and two pints of full fat coke <laughs> and then a big sort of hearty meal on an evening and then throughout the day, I was eating um sort of sports nutrition and high energy bars and uh sports gels and stuff like that. so I was just I felt like I was just constantly eating really. Right, sure. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> now you ran um, in aid of the charity Calm mm-hmm. campaign against living miserably. Isn't That's it? Right. Is that yeah. what it stands for? Yeah. Yes, mental health charity. Do you want to tell me why you chose that particular one?
1: Yeah. So uh, at the end of two thousand and sixteen, I went through uh, a sort of period of depression. I'll call it like a bit of a wobble, mm. and. Having come out the other side of that, really, this is kind of an opportunity for me to hold my hands up and say, like, I've been through this and it, it's not something to be ashamed of and hopefully to encourage other um, people to sort of ask for help, really. Because um, I always I always felt at the time, just it was just incredibly lonely and isolating and I kind of felt like I was the only one that was going through it. And I wanted to do something to you know, sort of publicly say that I'd been through it because I kind of knew it would help other people, but I didn't want to just post something on my own Facebook or whatever. Mm. It needed to I didn't want it to look like I was attention-seeking or what have you. So this just seemed like the perfect opportunity and the right platform to do it on. And uh, yeah, we've raised loads of money and started um, a lot of conversations. So it's
0: good. Yes, no, that is, that's really good. I think you'd be surprised at how many people have had problems in mm. their lives and until somebody's open and says... They, I've had friends because I went through a hiccup at one point, um, after my father died and I had a friend who I had no idea had actually suffered Mm -hmm. years previously, not told me. Yeah. And it's only when you open up yourself that you realize that probably, I don't know what the statistics are, but a lot more people have trouble than own up to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the more of us who can be open about it, Mm the less of a social stigma it is. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not an embarrassment. In fact, sometimes it makes you stronger. Yeah. You know yourself better afterwards. Absolutely. Don't you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. great. Now how much to date have you actually raised for Calm?
1: Um it's just over twenty four thousand pounds so far.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: which I'm absolutely over the moon with I was the original goal was 10,000, then we put it up to 15, then 20, and then uh, I think we hit 20,000 pounds with a couple of days to go. So I put it up to 25. So we'd very nearly. I say you've yet.
0: been. Past. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Actually it. it's been increasing. <laughs> yeah. But that's the way, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, what? when you decided you were going to do this, what procedure, what did you do? Did you contact the charity or were you sponsored initially by anyone? Um... There
1: was, there was so much work, actually. I couldn't believe how quickly it, 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 it escalated. So um, I reached out to Welcome to Yorkshire first because um, I really wanted some help with the press and they obviously seemed like a perfect mm. sort of place to start and they were massively helpful, helped me with PR and uh, the event side of things. And then I started speaking to um, Up and Running, which is like a running retailer. They've got shops all over the UK. And met a chap called Jonathan there, who's become a real close friend. He's He was just amazing. Introduced me to all the different brands, sorted me out with my equipment that I needed and um, just sort of mentored me through the process, to be honest. Uh, then I started to speak to digital agencies to get the website sorted yeah. and there was tracking companies to sort the tracking. There, there was just so much work involved, you know, I thought it was going to be nice and easy.
0: You just thought all you'd have to do was do the running. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, um, I'm sure, a phenomenal thing to, to organise, and it's been, it's received a lot of publicity, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I've been quite blown away by that, really, it's, mm. it's, been, it's been good.
0: Um, I know on Saturday, um, the number of people that turned out, um, yeah. I, I saw on the uh, on the news, obviously, it was televised. Yeah. And you had a really good following, a lot yeah. of people running with you. yeah. You're saying that tan, going over Tan Hill and down there was a bit of an issue because of the terrain and the bogs. Mm-hmm. Um, any particular part? I think you said Humber Bridge was going over the Humber Bridge. You enjoyed? Yeah,
1: that was amazing. The um, I got ch- chatting to a guy online called Lucas, who's the race director for the Hull Marathon, and he sort of dropped me a message just to congratulate what I was doing. And we got chatting and I said, look, I'd really like to put a bit of an event together for the Humber Bridge crossing because... Um, Obviously, so it was a bit of an iconic moment. So he sent a few messages out and, and posted on local running groups and stuff like that. And we ended up having about 70 people turn up to run with me. It was absolutely amazing. Real sort of highlight moment for me. And then so we ran over the bridge, which is is long. It's about a mile and a half from one mm-hmm. side to the other. Uh, then we stopped in the car park at the other side and sort of had a chat and taking pictures and everything. And then about another 20 runners sort of stayed with me. We ran all the way up the Humber to where Lucy stayed and I actually slept on his sofa that night which is nice and he cut me lasagna as well
0: and he me lasagna good one unfortunately
1: Mm. though he's he's inviting me back to run the whole marathon which is only in three weeks
0: three weeks so you've not got a lot of time to rest up then yeah you're taking a break now though you were saying you're gonna have a little break Um, yeah Yeah. taking it
1: but my girlfriend's on holiday but at the end of this week so we're probably going to go on holiday somewhere
0: i think well well deserved well-earned rest although i suppose from the fitness point of view you've got to you, you still, you'll still be running.
1: Yeah, I've been, I'd, I, I had a Sunday off and then I went oh. back out yesterday, um, which is amazing because I'd, I hadn't ran for about two months without having the pack on. Um, so I felt like of the Hedgehog, I was just flying out the door. And, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> By comparison, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Now the accommodation on the way through, you obviously had your tent for when there was nothing set up. Was that did people just donate and and just let you stay or did um, you have to pay for that as you went through?
1: A bit of a mixed bag, to be honest. So we had a handful of people that were following the the, the whole thing online, uh, reached out and offered free accommodation, which was mm. amazing. Um, and then I paid for some B and B's when the when the going was getting tough, and I didn't, you didn't want to sleep in the tents. Tent. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so a real mixed bag.
0: Right now then the the next thing well, obviously you've got the whole marathon to do, but what else? I understand that you um that you're really up for challenges now yeah, I don't know <laughs>
1: what, I don't know what will be next to be honest um mm. but the, the, yeah, I'll definitely do do something
0: i I heard somebody had actually said something about, did you want to do everest yeah well that <laughs> was, was was that just a, a shot that you agreed to and then thought about afterwards no no
1: i, I um <clears> i that's always been like a lifetime. Dream of mine, but, um, you know, I'm not a mountaineer and these things take a hell of a lot of work. I think that'll be something for years and years and years down the line. But it's something that I've looked at seriously Mm. and something that I've done a lot of reading into. And yeah, fingers crossed.
0: Not so easy to run up Everest. though. You're not going to be running up it, are you? (laughs) No. No, no. So I imagine then obviously running now, if you're doing it without a pack, it will feel lighter from what you say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would believe the difference. Yeah. No. It's probably a good
1: training technique, to be honest.
0: Well, yes, I Rumps. suppose. So, but don't they do that in the army, yeah, don't they? Yeah, those yeah. huge packs for yeah, that, definitely. Yes. All oh, right, then. Okay, well, <clears throat> if people want to donate, mm-hmm. where is the best place for them to donate? To? Uh,
1: Justgiving.com forward slash running Yorkshire.
0: Running Yorkshire. Yeah,
1: but all the information's on my website, which is nice and easy. It's just runningyorkshire.com, and there's a big donate button on there too. Yes,
0: that's probably the easiest way. And um, I would think it's, uh, well, I would be very surprised if you don't make your (laughs) 25,000. Very close. (laughs) Very close now. Well, okay, Ben. Well, thank you very much. That's been great. It's been uh, lovely talking to you. Nothing else that you want to actually bring up? Uh, No, I think I'm happy. That's it. Good. Okay. Well, this is Susan signing out from Inside Yorkshire. Thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode or any of the previous episodes that we've published, it would be great if you could leave us a review and give us some feedback, please. Also, if you know anyone who you feel would be um, good to interview, have an interesting story to tell inside Yorkshire, then um, please get in touch with me, susan at insideyorkshire.co.uk. That would be great. Thank you.